shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. For the one standing guard. For the eagle-eyed. For the knights in shining armor. And for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com/safety or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, it's Sam with Pro Wrestling Overtime. And on and off Somebody will write in when I talk Bloodsport or when I talk Deathmatch. Um, during WrestleMania week, I think it was Bloodsport 6, um, got to watch it and I had questions like for a week after. And then I mentioned um, death matches. I think three weeks ago, four weeks ago, um, when I was talking about John Moxley, the Dark Side of the Ring episode that has Nick Gage. And then last week, I mentioned that I thought one of the hottest angles of the summer is going to be Matt Cardona with Nick Gage. And then I think they will segue it into John Moxley. And so, probably for the last three weeks or so, it's not every day, but, but occasionally, I'll get like one or two deathmatch emails. Now, some of them, really super cool. They're like, hey, I was listening to your episode. I heard you mention this death match, or I heard you mention Moxley. Have you seen this match? Or have you seen that match? Or, yeah, Nick Gage is the person that everybody knows, but... There's a guy that refuses to go to any bigger promotion because he would have to give up death matches and he's known for him. And I bet you don't know him because you're not on the West Coast. It's this guy. Give me a, and they'll give me a name. Or sometimes they'll give me like YouTube links. And then I get simple emails. And if you've wrote one, don't be ashamed of it, because not everybody knows about death matches, or what they are, or can be, or anything like that. So, I had a person write me the other day and said, you keep talking about these death matches, 
how John Moxley has been involved before, and he is getting back into him when he comes back to wrestling. Because right now he's off bonding with his little girl. And so I thought, you know what? I need to do an episode about death matches and kind of explain to you guys what they actually are. Um, I had one person who I suspect was probably under the age of 16 ask me if people really died in death matches. And no, they usually don't. But there have been people who have gotten injuries or cuts that later have led to them dying through an infection or them not getting treatment or on and on and on. Their death matches because basically the weapons that they use could kill you or harm you in a way. Also, the word deathmatch um, usually is a sign, red flag. To you, there's going to be blood. Uh, I've never seen a deathmatch that doesn't have blood. And for those of you who strictly watch WWE... You're never going to see a death match. You don't have to worry about it. But there are people out there hear it or hear about some of the people that are involved. And they're like, I want to check this out. Well, you know, I don't blame you. Here's the thing. I actually saw a uh, first death match and didn't realize it at the time. I just I'll be real honest with you. A friend of mine said, "You gotta watch this." And uh, they knew I was into wrestling and everything. And they said, You've got to watch this death match. And I was like, no, I don't have to watch it. Is there any wrestling in it? Well, they cracked this light bulb, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to watch that. Couple years later, uh, I was coaching basketball. One of the guys came out and said, hey, coach, coach. And he was hollering at both of us. Um, We were both assistant coaches. Head coach was upstairs. Come, Come watch this wrestling match. This wrestling match is awesome. We've never seen this wrestling match. Walked in. They were watching a death match. Only, I didn't know it. They didn't call it a death match, so they didn't let me know. And it took me a little while to figure things out. 
Then the announcers let me in on it by calling it a death match. But it involved John Moxley. So, my very first death match that I watched involved John Moxley. Of course, high school kids, they're pumped. But I'm watching it trying to figure out do I like this or not? Is this wrestling or not? Um, and then throughout the years, I've watched them on and off. As I used to be a boxing fanatic, uh, my dad watched all the big boxing matches and stuff. Used to be a big boxing fanatic. Then boxing kind of fell off. UCF come in, and I um, or UFC. I get into it. Still to this day, get into it some. But that has then led to Josh Barnett's blood sport, which led me back to death matches. GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, is known for putting on death matches. Now, that doesn't mean that's the only thing they do. So if you see GCW around your area, Go to it. It will be worth your while. There are some great wrestlers in GCW. Just find out, is it one of their regular shows that may include one death match? May include none. May include two. But, you know, they don't do a an entire show without telling you. So... I happened to watch the one that was their entire show. And it was, I think, June 5th. Uh, It was on Fight TV. And I thought, you know, I need to go back and watch that and have a deathmatch episode. I watched it completely through at the time, but I'm going to be real honest with you, you know, when I watched it day before yesterday or three days ago, I don't know, it was kind of hit and miss because I was supposed to be doing some other stuff, and so I would watch a little bit, and then I would go do what I was supposed to be doing, and then I would come back. It's three hours and 47 minutes long. It is called GCW Tournament of Survival 666. Some of you just shivered. You shouldn't. What they did with the show. They've had five previous Tournament of Survivals. So this was the Tournament of Survival number six. And they just added 666 on it to make it spooky, I guess, to sell more tickets. It was $13.99. I know the other day when I talked to you about War- Warrior Wrestling Stadium Series, 
I was like, I don't think it's very much. Uh, the Warrior Wrestling Show, that was also June 5th or June 6th. It was 1999, because when I was on Fit TV, I thought, mm, I just need to look that up for everybody. 1999. Or you could buy a bundle and get all three shows. The June show, the July show, and the August show. Same thing with GCW. GCW had Tournament of Survival 666. And then the next day they had GCW Zombie Walk. So, you could buy the bundle or you could just buy the show. Like I said, Tournament of Survival, $13.99. It's a deal compared to, you know, paying $29.99 or $59.99 for some other shows. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of take you through this show. Because it has so many characters, gimmicks. Um, each match has a different gimmick. And no, they're not stupid gimmicks like a contract on a pole or um, even a last man standing match or, you know, street bar all or anything. No, we're not talking about that. So, it started off with who the the fans. Let me let me talk about that before I even start talking about the show. If you go to a GCW show, try to be a little familiar with some of the wrestlers. It will make it more enjoyable. If you are not a f- you you're not a fan of G- GCW, you don't know any of the wrestlers or anything. Wherever you get seats at, tell somebody that's in front of you or beside you or something. Hey, this is my first one. What can I expect? They will be more than happy to fill you in. GCW fans are some of the nicest fans around and they know anything and everything about their favorite wrestlers where they're going to be what they like to do what their favorite move is all of that the fans are also very active AEW WWE only wish their fans would be this active. The thing is, GCW doesn't control the fans. They make no bones about it. Now, will they control a fan that tries to jump in a ring? Probably. I'm not going to say yes, because it's probably going to depend on whether the wrestler gets a hold of them first or not. But, yes, they will usually try to get the fans away from the ring. But as far as chanting, they don't try to stop anything. You will hear them chant anything and everything. They will boo people. 
they will tell them to leave because they suck. Um, when the wrestlers come out, usually they come through the crowd. You're seeing people rub them on the head, smack them in the chest, tell them to get them. Uh, if they are not fans of that wrestler, you'll see them flip them off. You'll see them uh, push them or shove them. It's wild. But it uh, gets your adrenaline pumping. And even if you watch one on TV, it's not live. You're watching a replay of it or something. You, if you get into it, you will find your adrenaline pumping. Just because they're that exciting because of the fans. I can understand why these wrestlers get addicted to the crowd, get addicted to the adrenaline, and don't want to go to a bigger promotion that will say, no, you can't wrestle GCW. And there's a couple promotions. Um, yes, WWE is one of them, obviously. But there are a couple other promotions that say, no, 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 you're, no, because of the stuff they do, you're going to get hurt, and it's going to cost us part of our contract, and no. There are others, as long as you get permission, they don't care. One of those is AEW, because they allow John Moxley to be at GCW events, and he made sure of that when he signed his contract. So, this show, like I said, 3 hours, 47 minutes long, starts off. You hear music. If you're not a fan of GCW, you won't know his music. You hear music, and you see a guy walking through the crowd. And... Half the audience is doing the bow down um, maneuver and chanting king, king, king. And the other side of the crowd is chanting Gage. Well, Nick Gage is coming to the ring. And he starts immediately, as soon as the show opens... Calling out Matt Cardona. Calling him that he's a chicken. He needs to get out there. He's calling him to the ring. Let's have a match right now. He ends up calling him Zack Ryder. And how he did nothing for 10 years. Is he sure that his body's not rusted? And if he takes a bump that... He won't fall apart. Crowd is loving it. Going wild. They're chanting. They're chanting. Some of them are chanting Zack Ryder. Some of them are chanting Cardona. Some of them are chanting You Suck. Some of them are chanting some other stuff that 
you may or may not want to hear. And finalize, Nick Gage says, I guess he's not planning on coming out. So he said, I'm going to go find him. He's mine. And then he casually says, and I'm going to be on commentary tonight. And he gets out of the ring, he rolls out of the ring, and walks up to the commentary table that has already has Joey Janela and I forget the guy's name, but he's the typical GCW announcer. So you've got straight man, um, GCW announcer, Joey Janela, who will do anything, risk taker, and Nick Gage, who definitely will do anything. And I'm like, well, this is going to get wild. Because I haven't seen a complete show that's nothing but death matches. Um, I've turned a couple on and have had to leave to go to a meeting or go someplace and came back and haven't returned it on or haven't went back and watched it or went back maybe two months later and watched it but didn't connect them or whatever. The So I'm going to give you it's straight. Um, there's a reason why this episode is marked explicit. Because I'm I'm just going to give it to you straight what happens and what they call things and sometimes what they chant. So if you're offended by uh, bad language, you need to turn this off. Because the very first match, round one, because remember, this is a tournament. They're doing the tournament the whole day, or the whole show. So we're in round one, and it is called the Fuckery Board Death Match. And what they do is they have a board of wood in each corner of the ring and there is something on that board one board has um thumbtacks it literally looks like they have painted glue on it and then dumped bag after bag after bag of thumbtacks on it. Another board is like a bob or barbed wire board. There's one kind of looks like they've got um, gussets, mini tiny gussets on it. That just slice and dice. The other board in the corner, the way that the TV camera was positioned, I couldn't tell what was on it. 
And then, of course, there's stuff around the ring. So, you hear Elton John's Tiny Dancer start playing. <clears throat> and Joey Janela is like, are you serious? This is someone's pump it up. Come out and enjoy the fans. And Nick Gage looks at him and says, You don't know who this is? And Joey Janela said, I don't guess so. Well, it is because the fans are all over them. You can't tell who it is. It is only when he's about five feet, maybe from the gate, to get into the ring. It's Effie. And he's got Alley Cat with him. And I have only seen Effie wrestle once. I have heard him on a billion podcasts where... I had gotten to the point before I saw him wrestle the first time that I thought, my God, does he wrestle or does he just talk? But they made a gigantic deal out of June being Pride Month. It being the beginning of June because it's June 5th. And that Effie was the first wrestler announced course Nick Gage took a little offense to that and was like dude I was in the ring first what are you talking about then you hear punk metal music going off and it is loud remember I'm watching this on my big screen TV I control the volume I haven't changed the volume I could tell it was Tiny Dancer, but what words Elton John was singing, I don't know. I couldn't hear it. It, it, I didn't want to hear it. This music comes on, and it's very noticeable through my TV. I can catch about every other word, because... I don't have the ear for punk metal. I'm more of a rap person. So, um, I catch a glimpse and I'm like, oh, okay. It was G Graver. And if you have not seen G Graver in a deathmatch or a regular match, you're missing out. You really are. Um, he took it to Effie from the get-go. He did a suplex for Effie. Effie come out with a romper on and a leather jacket. Which, like Joey Janela and Nick Gage said, that was pretty smart. However, throughout the match, he would take stuff off. And they were like, why is he taking his jacket off? 
that doesn't make any sense. He gets thrown into uh, one of the tables, and he takes his jacket off. And they're like, why would you do that? I think it was to show off his romper. Um, you know, he then is beaten. Uh, G. Graver hits him with elbows, uh, slams him on the apron, slams him into the barricade. Um, he's getting pretty roughed up. The zipper has came down about halfway uh, on his romper. G. G Graver throws Effie back into the ring, and you can see his little eyes light up. He proceeds to unzip and pull down the romper on his shoulders. And both Joey Janela and Nick Gage are saying this this is not gonna be good for Effie. The thing is, is Effie kinda gets away and they're like he needs to get out of the ring and he needs to find something so that he can get G Graver back or he can take a vanny. No. Effie takes off the rest of the romper and he's in wrestling trunks. And Nick Gage is like, this is what happens when you don't watch death matches. Um, this is what happens when you aren't in them. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't he... Pull that puppy back up, put it all over his shoulders, put his arms through, zip it up, and move on. He said, why is he taking it off? And Joey Janela was like, oh, he wants to show off his body. And Nick Gage was like, yeah, he should have put it back on. Well, that gave G. Graver enough time to come back to his senses. And his little eyes lit up again because he thought, this stupid idiot took it all off. I didn't even do that. He picks him up and basically slams him into the board that has the thumbtacks. And then Effie, who's standing there trying not to move, but is wobbling a little bit, G. Graver helps him because the board's broken. And he just touches his shoulder and kind of lets him sit down. Now, of course, that means thumbtacks are going in the back of his legs and his butt, but G. Graver, of course, finds that really amusing. He then takes his foot and presses it the back of Effie into the back of the broken table. Then it's like he all of a sudden remembers something or sees something. He dives out of the ring, comes back with a, oops, like a little bag. And they're like, what, what is that? We don't know what that is. 
Effie stands up. G. Graver pushes him face first into the ring post. Holds him there. Opens up this bag and we see it is salt and vinegar potato chips. Proceeds to take it. Pour them down his back and smash them into all the little holes and cuts that he has bleeding on his back. And he's eating some of the chips, but he's mostly smashing them. Effie is screaming. He... This is just a crazy match. He slingshots him. No, I think he German suplexes him into the board with the bob wire and tries to wrap it around him and push him into it and then tries to jerk him out. And he's got guts all over his face, his head, his arms. Guys, these are not fake. The, these are not from guys blading. They're, they're not slicing and dicing themselves. You know, they're not fake blood pockets that are taped to their skin. They're seriously getting cut. Now, finally, Effie can't stand up, basically, and G. Raver wins and moves on to the second round. But I literally sat there and said, this is a crazy match. And then I thought, why did Effie, who I've seen wrestle once, but have heard talk consistently almost every week, thinking, why would he agree to do this? This is, this is really crazy. What they do is they let the wrestlers get to the bike. A crew comes in, takes out all the pieces, all the weapons they've used. Then a person sweeps the mat. And they put all the stuff that has come off any boards or anything they've used. And put them, you know, in a bag. So they... Let's say they sweep the ring from right to left. Well, then they hand the broom over the ropes and a guy hands them a different broom that looks exactly like the first one. And when you're watching it on TV, they swipe the ring from up to down. So they go in a different direction. To try to make sure that they get everything out of the ring. So then you see them throwing bales of hay in the ring. And Nick Gage is like, what is this? And so the GCW guy takes over and says, Oh, we've got another round one match. It is the bunkhouse death match. And that's why you see um, that they have bells of hay coming into the ring. 
we see a promo about Manders. If any of you aren't familiar with the one called Manders, you need to get familiar. He's very good. Um, he comes out to a country western song with a cowboy hat on. Then I proceed to pop. They announce Attic Atticus Coger. I have been watching him on deathmatch or uh, blood sport matches. I saw him WrestleMania week. He is a hardcore risk-taking kid. Uh, he recently joined 440, which some of you may not be familiar with. It's a faction. And he is coming out to the ring in an all-white outfit. It's a headband with horns. And I forget what they're nicknaming him, but it's something Satan. And I was like, huh, I haven't heard him call that before. Atticus's thing in GCW is that his ring attire has pockets. And he has things in those pockets. So I'm just going to go ahead and warn you of that. The one they call my Enders thinks this is a kid and he's going to whoop him. And he does. For, I don't know, probably a good seven, eight minutes. He is throwing him into tables that have been set up. He is hitting him with the metal that holds the tables together. He, at one time, Atticus was on the floor and he picked up a bell of hay and threw it over the ring rope and hit him dead in the stomach. He obviously did not know that was coming because his reaction was way too real and he didn't get his hands up. It hit him dead in the stomach. And if you've never been around a, ba a bale of hay, they can weigh between set or 30 to probably about 75 pounds. I don't know what these weighed. I have no clue. Um, he threw him into a table that didn't break all the way that had barbed wire on it. They showed it, and Joey Janela told them to get it off the screen. What happened was... Manders threw Atticus into this table of barbed wire. Like I said, it didn't break all the way. As he tried to get out, it then broke. Which caused him, obviously, to lose his balance and fall into the table. 
he got a piece of barbed wire that went through his nose. And it was caught on the middle piece of your nose. So it went on the outside of a side, went through the nostril, and was attached to the inside middle part of your nose. And they were showing it. And it was gushing blood. And Joey Janela was like, get that off the screen. He was like, no one is wanting to see that. Which I'm sure there were people that wanted to see it. I was not one. Like I said, I like Atticus Coger. So, yeah, I wasn't... They thought they were going to end up calling the match. They didn't think that he was going to be able to get out of that. They had doctors out there checking on him and cutting barbed wire off of him he ended up standing up and the doctor checked him said he was good to go and I thought he's gushing blood remember he's wearing a white outfit he's wearing white gear it is pink basically he's gushing blood in I could have swore the boy had a concussion. I'm not a doctor. I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night. But just looking at it through my big screen, I swear he had a concussion. Because I've I've had enough concussions. I've had four. And I've been around. I'm a a coach of four or five different sports uh, throughout my life. And so seen a lot of athletes with concussions and he stands up gets back in Manders tries to take over and Kogor hits him with a spinning kick and then an elbow he throws him into some contraption thing of barbed wire And as he is trying to get out of it, for the first time, you see Atticus reaching to one of his pockets. Well, in these pockets are skewers. Yes, you heard me right. They're skewers. And the ones he pulls out probably got eight or nine of them they're round wooden sticks that you would stick meat on or um, I think some people stick some Japanese uh, different kinds of food on some people stick uh, vegetables on them he has about eight or nine of them he's holding them all in one hand and they're forming kind of a circle and he takes them as hard as he can back and slams them into Mander's head. Now, for those of you who don't know Mander's, he's bald. So, when the camera goes 
in and zooms on this, you can see that it is actually, they have actually penetrated his head. Um, they haven't went too far in, obviously because of your skull. But they've went far enough in. Number one, they've created a cut. Everybody knows head injuries bleed like crazy because of all the vessels in there. And immediately, Manders, of course, is trying to get those out of his head. Now, Nick Cage, who is on commentary, is saying he probably should just leave those in his head. Because when he pulls them out, all they're going to do is bleed. And then all that blood's going to go in his eyes. And I thought, you know what? That's the kind of commentary I want. Why can't? Some of the big promotions give me that kind of commentary. I mean, when I listen to Impact Wrestling, and I hear D'Lo Brown, and used to be Matt Stryker, thank God he's gone, and we're hearing Josh Matthews, I don't know that they would be that honest or straight up with us. But Nick Gage doesn't care. Manders, of course, pulls two out, and there comes the blood. Gushing. As Atticus pulls out of a different pocket about eight to ten more scares, and jams him, jams them in his right arm more towards the shoulder than the elbow. These appear to be stuck deeper. And then Manders does not know what to do. Because now he has only his left hand. He obviously wants the skewers out of his head. But the ones in his arm are also hurting. And he slaps at them. Trying just to knock them out, I guess. I don't know. But because they were deeper than the ones in his head. Yeah, that just made him hurt worse. He gets some of the skewers out of his head, so Atticus just pulls more out and slams them in in a different part of his head. He's losing blood like crazy. Uh, Atticus is throwing him into barbed wire, is uh, throwing him off the ring ropes, Kicking him in the arm that the skewers are in. Manders is trying to pull him out and throw him. Uh, it, it was wild. But eventually, basically, he lost enough blood. He was wobbling. And Atticus Coar wins. While still bleeding from his nose. So, his outfit, legitimately, is pretty much pink from his own blood and Mander's blood. But, in the center of his chest, it almost looks like somebody has knifed him because it's bright red. So, then we get the next match, which was called the Tire of Terror Deathmatch. It was also in round one. 
what happened here was you have light tubes like fluorescent light tubes that they're probably three to four feet high then in GCW you have a little bit wider ones that's probably about I would say six to seven feet tall but when they call tires of terror these are light tubes that I would have to say are about six to eight inches wide and they're probably a good seven to eight feet tall they're stacked up in each corner and then there's littler light tubes like I described at first laying on the, the mat and then you've got some bigger light tubes around the ring and they introduce Nolan Edward guys I've been watching him also in Bloodsport I have seen him wrestle a couple times this kid's gonna be awesome if he doesn't kill himself but he's gonna be awesome he can take a licking and keep on ticking I watched him take on Calvin Tankman and Tankman about beat him to death and he did not want that match called for anything now Tankman ended up beating him but Nolan Edward gave it everything he had. I've heard two different ages given for him. In one wrestling match I that I watched, and then when I watched Bloodsport, they were talking that he was 18, 19 years old. Now, they might have been older. I don't know. In this... GCW Tournament of Survival they said he was 22 so I really don't know how old he is he's a kid but he he's athletic as all get out he's got an athlete's build about him he's quick um, he does do high risk maneuvers as far as jumping off things but he doesn't care to brawl either. And he was taken on Oren Vent. Never saw him wrestle. Didn't know anything about him. Nolan, however, started off, tried to start off hot. Oren took advantage of him and slammed him into the corner into one of those tires and like a little light bulb that you would use in your lamp it just shattered and when I say shattered I mean shattered if you can find a picture of it or you can find a clip like a 20 second clip of him getting thrown into that 
and then getting off and out of that corner, he turns around. His bike is totally ripped up. It looks like either a really bad cat, cougar, jaguar, something has just ripped his bike. He, something shredded him. And it was that light tube. He has these little three centimeter cuts. Probably a hundred of them. And they're all bleeding. He goes down to his knees and it's like, oh my God, you know. Joe Janelle and Nick Cage are talking. Oh, that hurts. You never want to get involved with this, you don't want, you know, to have to do this, blah, 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 the orange guy picks up one of the light tubes out of the corner and smashes it on his back as he's on his knees, there, you can see why his back is ripped, because you see how many different pieces one of those light tubes shatters in. And they do a close-up of his bike, and you can see pieces of that light tube are stuck a little ways in his bike. Somehow, some way, Nolan gets excited, gets fired up, gets an adrenaline rush. I don't know what happens to him. He completely takes over the match. He is hitting this orange guy with every light tube he can find, running into the tires of terror. He is kicking him. He is he gets him outside at one point, does a suplex on him and smashes in him into light tubes. He eventually gets him in the ring and submits him. So Nolan Edwards moves on. Next match were Bundles of Hate Deathmatch. This... I don't even know how to describe this. This was Bam Sullivan... I'd never seen wrestle, never heard of, against Alex Cologne from from the famous Cologne family. That I think he's a third or fourth generation wrestler from Puerto Rico, and he it is going in this tournament that happened on June fifth. He has won the previous two, so he is going for. Being a winner, third time straight in a row. He's calling it a three-peat. He comes out wearing a Michael Jordan jersey. It's only then... Because Joey Janela is talking about how he's pumped us up on social media. And I realized, I'm not following this dude. I need to follow this dude. Well, yeah, I definitely need to follow him. I hit the follow, and 
His fans are crazy. He's crazy. If you just we- read his Twitter. Um, he was talking about the three-peat on there. I'm not lying. There were probably 20 people in one section in the first four or five rows wearing Michael Jordan jerseys. He had put out there, three-peat, like Michael Jordan, will be wearing Michael Jordan jersey, and that's what his fans did. He started off hot. I mean, there's there's no other way. He came out. He was yelling that he was going to win this. And it all started now. Well, good old Bam Sullivan didn't know what was coming. And I truly mean that. Because, see... Cologne proceeds to smash four of the gigantic tower light tubes that they had used in the previous match into this guy's chest, his bike. He smashed him at one time over the top of his head. He took one of the smaller light tubes that was probably six feet tall, he held the bottom of it with his left hand and then went up probably about six inches to eight inches with his right hand. And he smashed the end of it off on Bam's head and he took the part where it was broken because he had a piece that was like I said six eight inches long he flipped it over and started grating the end of it into Bam's head his head was pouring like a fountain his bike was fairly pouring like a fountain. Bam tried to attack Alex. It just didn't work. I mean, I thought for maybe 30 to 45 seconds, oh, we're going to have a comeback. I'm not too sure there wasn't supposed to be a comeback. I think he was hurt too much to even mount anything. And Cologne, I think, realized that and just kept beating him, kicking him, smashing light tubes in him. And eventually, Bam passed out. So Cologne got his way. He moved on to the second round. So, that finished the first round. They had to clean up. They had a 15-minute break for everybody to get cleaned up and everything. And then, I was shocked. 
they held a non-death match. Six man, one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six man, uh, non-tournament, it was not part of the tournament, it was just a match to give us, and it was a scramble match, it was Calvin Tankman, Starboy Charlie, who was he was 18 and a half years old. Jake Cartwell, who I had never seen. Calvin Tankman is in MLW and in Bloodsport. Starboard Charlie wrestles regularly for GNC, and I had saw him at WrestleMania week. Jake Car- Cartwell, I had never seen him or heard of him. Dante Leon, I had heard of, saw WrestleMania week. Dylan McKay, boy, Nick Gage had a field day with that one. Um, came out, never seen him. Not sure that I ever want to see him again. But Nick Gage was making uh, comments that he was Jungle Boy's father. Uh, bad, bad, bad. And then Ninja Mike. If you've not seen Ninja Mike, you need to find a show near you or show on YouTube or show on Fight TV that Ninja Mike is on. Because I'm telling you, you want to see it. Ninja Mike will flip off of anything. Saw him WrestleMania week. He literally ran up a wall, flipped backwards, and hauled off and did a drop kick. Unbelievable athleticism. Has the whole ninja G on. Um, where's my ask? He's entertaining as all get out. I'm going to be real honest with you. This match to me made absolutely no sense. There was no story. Um, you didn't know who was against who. You didn't know who was going to win. <laughs> it was entertaining with some of the spots that they pulled off. Uh, Calvin Tankman pulled off... Um, like a backhand spring off the rope and then went forward and drop kicked somebody. It it was amazing for a three hundred and fifty five pound guy. So it really was entertaining. But Ninja Mike ended up winning, of course. And then they started the semifinals. First match of semifinals was a gusset deathmatch. If you guys haven't studied your history or you haven't seen a gusset, what they did was they took steel, basically. Two bars of steel that ran the length of one side of the ring, put it inside of the ring, 
attached to it was they were probably six inch wide pieces of steel and there were I think four of those maybe five on those flat pieces of steel that were attached to the bars were gussets were I don't know how to explain them they're like half moon cutting things <laughs> I I mean I really don't know how to explain it it's it's just meant to torture you and some of them were laying sideways some of them were straight up some of them were laying diagonal so you got all kinds of different angles that you could push somebody's feet or arm or head or face into or you know you could take and run them off the other side those ropes and smash them in to this because like I said it's inside the ring and it's on one side completely on one side so who should be in this match yeah it would be G Raver versus Atticus Kogor when Kogar comes out, he's got his Satan headband on again with his little horns. He's wearing the same exact gear. Only it's dried. And it is a lot more pink than what I did remember it. And it looks like they've tried to wipe all of the blood that was in the center of his chest out. Because it's not a bright dark red anymore it's smeared and everything you can still see the cuts he has and everything this match got a little wild and they didn't really use the gusset which I thought I would be disappointed about but really wasn't it's about a minute and a half maybe into the match when Atticus goes to his pockets grabs some skewers and shoves them in G Graver's head like he did Manders then he helps G. Graver out because he takes and pulls them all out of his head, which blood is gushing from, and shoves them in his mouth. He cuts open, I don't know whether he cut open the roof of his mouth, his tongue, I don't know. He proceeded to take those back out, and blood is coming out of G. Graver's mouth. He shoves Atticus off of him, and he spits, trying to get some of the blood out of his mouth. Out 
uh, Atticus is recovering. But when Jean Graver walks to the ring, I forgot to mention this in his first match, he comes down with a set of three ghouls. So one of the ghouls hands G-Raver, it appears to be something silver. And Nick Gage is the first one to figure it out when they finally zoom in that they're tattoo needles. He's got three or four of them. And Kogor comes at him and goes to throw an elbow. And Graver jabs those tattoo needles right dead into his arm. Kogor couldn't get them out fast enough. He ends up low-blowing G-Graver. And then reaches in his pockets, pulls out a bunch more skewers, and shoves them back in his head. G. Graver is stumbling over to one side. A ghoul comes up on the ring, and they everybody thinks he's handing him more tattoo needles or handing him something. No. The ghoul proceeds to pull off his hood and his mask, and it's Jimmy Lloyd, and he hits G. Graver in the head with a light tube. Now, he is already bleeding like a stuck pig. When he is hit with this light tube, it just shatters all over his head and like the back of his neck. And from that point on, uh, Atticus completely controlled the match and won it. Then you had a tempered glass gloves death match. What they actually did, and this is between Nolan Ryan, or excuse me, Nolan Edward, and Alex Cologne. They heated up gloves, put gloves on each man, and molded them to their hands. Swiped glue all over because they're the um, half fingered gloves so they swipe glue from almost their wrist up to the first knuckle and then the guy before the glue can dry it's hot glue before the glue can dry he flips their hand over so their palms up glue side down and rolls their hand all through the tempered glass. He flips it back over 
and doesn't paint glue on this time, but has a glue gun and just kind of does it quickly all over the glove. Because it's hot. Shoves their hand back down in the glass to get more glass on it. And then seals it. So it's, you know, going to stay on. Until it dries. So he does both man's hands. As they come out to the ring, there are four sheets of glass. Just clear glass. In all four corners. There is a table. Has two sides of it. That has. I don't know. Probably five feet. Of glass. In the table. On one side. And then there's a bar. And then probably another five feet of glass. This. Unbelievable. I'm sure Nolan Edward did not have to sell very much. Because I'm pretty sure he was actually hurting. Because Alex Cologne did not leave any glass unshattered in the place. At one point, he ran out of glass around the wing and asked them to go get more glass. He shoved... <coughs> excuse me. He shoved Nolan Edward through all four pieces of glass in the corner, threw him into it, shoved him into it, kicked him into it, whatever. He suplexed him over the top rope, making him land on one side of the glass kind of table. Slid out of the ring, picked him up, and suplexed him into the other side. Nolan Edward never mounted any offense. He couldn't. And so Cologne basically submitted him. So there's your boom. End of semifinals. So then you proceed them to watch Clean the Ring and then they have a 15 minute intermission. We come back to AJ Gray versus Kid Osborne. I don't even know why they had this match. It was so quick and easy for AJ Gray that it was a squash match. It might. That's a big bite. Might have lasted three minutes. So then we're going to get the championship. We're going to decide who is the survivor. Will it be Alex Cologne, who has won two straight, or will it be the new kid on the block of Atticus Cougar? They are calling this the Ring 
of light tubes with exposed boards deathmatch. So let me describe this to you. The mat itself has been taken off. Any padding that was on there, off. The only thing you see is the exposed boards of a wrestling ring. Now they do have the aprons somewhat still on so the very ends of the boards some of them are showing but most of them aren't because they still have the ring aprons on. Then what they've done is take those six foot more skinny light tubes and they have put them through the ropes as far as you know behind the first rope but in front of the second rope behind the third rope and they've put um 10 to 12 of them on one side of the ring and then 10 to 12 of them on the next side. so the whole ring is nothing but light tubes so you have no ring mat and nothing but tubes. Cologne comes out and just rolls under one section of the tubes. He kind of pops them up with his palm of his hand and rolls under. You can tell Atticus doesn't know. He has no clue how to get in this ring. So he pulls probably four of the light tubes out on one side of the ring so that he can get in the ring and he lays them up against the corner they hit each other for the first I don't know two or three minutes they're standing in the middle of the ring they're taking one step and grabbing a light tube and smacking the other. And then the other's taking a step to a side, grabbing a light tube and smacking the other. They go through probably, I'd say 10 light tubes, five each. Both of them are covered already in blood. They've just reopened all of the wounds that they've had previously in the night. But where they've been taking the light tubes, it creates holes that they can get in and out of. Um, Alex throws... Um, Atticus out of the ring and Alex throws Atticus through another table of glass. Atticus ends up 
rolling himself back into the ring before he can be counted out. But Cologne immediately tries to pin him, and Atticus has to kick out. So Cologne gets up, grabs a light tube, and as Atticus is laying, you know, on his back, looking up at the ceiling, because he's just tried to get pinned, Cologne hauls off with that light tube and smacks him dead in the face. And it shatters. He hit him basically in the forehead. And then he got him up and Alex Cologne suplexed him into the exposed boards on the floor. Hogar rolls to try to get away from him and grabs a bag that he had brought with him to the ring and dumps, I don't know, how many thumbtacks out. Then, because Cologne does not want to walk on him, and Kogar's on the other side of the ring. Kogar does not care. He grabs from one of his crew a weed eater. Yes, you heard me right. A weed eater. Fires it up and takes a weed eater to Cologne's arm. Which, of course, is shredded. Blood going everywhere. Cologne takes his other arm and low blows Alex. Throws the weed eater out of the ring. Hits him with a light tube and puts him in a cross face. Blood is coming out of both their heads and... Atticus passes out, and Cologne won three straight of the Tournament of Survival. Now, why did I take almost an hour and a half to detail that to you? For those of you who have never seen a death match. I hope I painted a picture of what not only a death match is, but where a death match can be. Because I detailed seven, is that right? Seven different death matches completely different setups were different the bunkhouse setup was completely different from the tire of terror to the exposed boards and so I wanted to take the time you noticed in the first round that not only did I paint you a picture or tried to paint you a picture 
of what the ring looked like, how it was set up, but also how they used it, how they used barbar, how they used um, thumbtacks, how they used glass, other things. You know, the salt and vinegar potato chips was funny, but using a weed eater, you know, I tried to really make sure that you could understand a deathmatch. Now, to those of you who watch deathmatches all the time, you were probably bored with this episode. You just wanted to hear who the winner was. And I understand that, because you've probably seen some of these wrestlers wrestle 50 billion times. You know their tricks. You know know that um, Atticus Kogar has things in his pockets that a lot of times they're scarce. But for those of you who have been writing me and asking me questions about death matches, I hope I painted you a picture of the different kinds of setups, how they can tell different stories, how they can use different things. Um, the place they were in wasn't conducive for them to jump off anything. But there are places they go up to the balcony, they jump off stuff, um, they try to hang people over the edge of stuff and drop them through things. Like, I've seen them hang a guy over like a balcony thing drop them and they hit a chair or they hit a table but they're real in the sense they're using real objects now some of those objects may be gimmicks some but there are some objects you can't gimmick um, a thumbtack unless you put it on backwards or you try to uh, bang down the point deaden the point of a thumbtack that's really hard to do and an audience not know it that is six feet away from you the other thing is who wants to be the one to deaden a thousand thumbtacks that they're going to use tonight? Boy, that job would suck. So that's the thing. Them bleeding is real. And they will tell you that. And if you've seen some death matches on TV or been in person, you've seen some of the injuries that they've had that they've been sliced open and the doctors have come in and said, um, no, no more. He needs to get in the ambulance right now. They've cut him in a spot that he needs surgery. Or, you know, someone gets cut in the neck and they're like, we can't stop this. We need to get him immediately to a uh, hospital. He's going to bleed out. So, for me to sit and 
tell you that you're sometimes like, yeah, yeah, Sam, you're kayfabing us. Um, no. I'm really not. And I don't think you can say, I don't like watching death matches until you actually watch one. I don't think you can say, I've heard a lot of people say, I don't like GCW. Say, why? Well, you never know what's going to happen. Isn't that the fun of wrestling? For them to get you so involved with what they're doing, the story they're telling, what they're trash-talking about, the, the story build-up between Nick Gage and Matt Cardona, that's going to continue for a couple more weeks. Are you really saying... Because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't want to watch it? Are you serious? You mean to tell me you want to see Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley wrestle for the 500th time in six months? Really? Why? You know who's going to win. It's just a matter of how soon and who interferes. I don't... Yes, I like that match. I think they put on good matches. I'm not discounting Drew McIntyre or Bobby Lashley at all. They're very good athletes. They're very good at what they do. They're good at telling stories. I like watching their matches. I don't want to see one every week. But... um I also like the unpredictability of GCW, whether it's a death match or not. Um, you never know who's going to show up and what they're going to say or do. You know, WrestleMania week at one of the GCW shows, Nick Gage had a match. And he had just won and was celebrating. Everybody was chanting, King, King, King. And there was a balcony that had curtains. And the next thing you knew, music popped. And there stood John Moxley. And he cut a promo on Nick Gage and disappeared. So things like that happen all the time in GCW. That's the part I do like. Do I like death matches? Depending on who's in them, what story they're trying to tell, and how many of them there are. I'm going to be real honest with you. Watching the Tournament of Survival 666. I... Got, I didn't get queasy, I didn't get sick, I didn't, nothing like that. Blood doesn't bother me. I kind of almost got bored about halfway through because some of them were doing some of the same moves with the same exact weapons. So, 
after I found out there was going to be an intermission, 15 minutes between each thing, even though I was watching it live, in the scramble match, I could fast forward a little bit, not be live yet, but fast forward to some of that crap, because like I said, it didn't make any sense. And then get to the semifinals. And if they were doing the same thing or somebody was laying there and they were getting checked on or whatever, I could fast forward at 30 seconds or a minute. And eventually I caught up to live, but, you know, that always helped. Because I'll be honest with you, watching seven death matches, I was intrigued by the different styles, the different people, some of the people I knew from other places. I was excited about that. But three hours and 47 minutes of anything, I'm going to be chomping at the bit because I like to do different things. I like to watch different things. I like to read different things. I like to talk to different people. And no one else that I knew was watching this live. I forget, there was another show on live that night. It might have been Warrior Wrestling. Uh, because I caught it early in the morning. So it might have been Warrior Wrestling. So I didn't have anybody to talk to. And so all of that compounded it. But yeah, death matches don't bother me when they're with people that know what they're doing. Now, if it's a kid starting out, like an 18-year-old, I'm a little leery about watching it. I know they have to learn from somewhere. I know... Somebody probably has already worked with them somewhat. Think about it. You're watching AEW, WWE, Impact, MLW. These guys, some of them 15, 20 years. And they still sometimes botch things. Or sometimes they do things exactly right but the wrestler they're doing them to doesn't get their hand held right. They don't get their foot placement right. They slip, whatever. And they get seriously injured. I mean, look at Edge, Paige, and Daniel Bryan. All three, Paige is still out, have had significant neck injuries significant surgeries surgeries that could have affected the rest of their life because one wrong move by a doctor could have made them paralyzed and they were in the ring with experienced people and I think I'm trying to think back I think pretty much all of them were accidents. I don't think any of them were botches. 
or anything like that. I think they were just accidents. Sting's neck injury, on the other hand, we're not going to talk about. But, uh, you think about it, you've got a 18-year-old in, it's been wrestling maybe two, three years, training, and all of a sudden he's in his first or fifth death match, and you know you can get hurt in a split second with placing your hand wrong in a regular wrestling match. Imagine what can be done if you are not exact with a light tube. Or jamming a skewer in someone. Let's say you're going for their arm. They don't realize that's the move you're doing. They move and you've already started. You try to stop. You try to at least slow down. And you jam skewers in their chest. That's a big mistake. So, death matches, you know, with younger people that are not as experienced are a little scary. Death matches with crazy people, a little scary. Um, they're fun to watch. Because you don't know what's going to happen. But any match with Nick Gage. Hard to tell. If a pizza cutter's coming out. A pipe. Uh, tweezers. Anything that he has seen that morning. Or a fan has given him. Or whatever. Is going to get used. And he's crazy. And you don't know what it, where it's going to be used. So, they're interesting. But you're sitting on the edge of your seat. And you're rooting for somebody. And you're chanting and you're getting excited. And the adrenaline is pumping. That's what makes GNC or GCW Wrestling so fun. So, I am. I encourage you guys. Get out this summer. If GCW is anywhere near you, you want to be in that crowd. You want to see this and experience it. It will be like no other wrestling event you've ever seen. Because the fans get into it. I promise you, it will be like no other place you've been. If you haven't seen them, at least rent something. Go on Fight TV, rent one, um, a replay. I don't know, I didn't go back. I know sometimes the older events, sometimes they will uh, offer them for free for a, l a little period of time. I don't know. Um, the one that I'm going to encourage you, because I think it's going to get wild, GCW's Homecoming is coming up soon. I think it's the 24th and 25th. 
Or it's the 25th and the 26th. I'll have to look it up and get back to you guys. But uh, the first night is going to be Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder in WWE. That match is the main event that night. But I have heard that they're going to pack and stack that night's card. Actually, they're probably going to do both nights. But I have heard from different people that they've heard the rumors and stuff. They are going to pack and stack. GCW Homecoming Night 1. I think it's the 24th. Don't hold me to that. It may be the 25th. Rent it. Um, you know, buy the pay-per-view and actually sit down and watch it and see if you like GCW Wrestling. I think you will. Anyway, if you guys got any questions, comments, problems, or protests, hit me up on Twitter. I am Pro Overtime 2O's Pro Overtime. Or you guys can hit me up on Instagram. Pro Wrestling Overtime. Um, there's a message feature on there. You, on Facebook, Pro Wrestling Overtime, the page. Um, there is a messenger button on there. You can talk to me on messenger if I'm around. Like if I'm able to talk. Uh, otherwise, you'll leave a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Or you can write on the page. And then, of course, you can hit me up on email anytime. And I literally do mean anytime because I only sleep like four hours, five hours. Uh, I'm up all night recording podcasts, writing stories for the different sites that I uh, write for. And then, of course, on and off during the day uh, as... Other things get boring to me and I have to check stuff. So anyway, you can always email me prowrestlingot at gmail.com and I will get back to you as soon as possible. As always, I will be talking to you soon. And I'll see you down the road. Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers. Mm. Or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. This is Doug Maurice from the College Football Survivor Show. And if you care about the college football playoff, this is the podcast for you. My co-host Shahan Jeharaja and I have been debating the college football playoffs since August, and now we're in the heart of the rankings debate. Every week, we welcome teams into our playoff discussion, we kick teams out of our playoff discussion, and we debate the best teams within context of each other. Where's the committee getting it right and getting it wrong? No one knows the playoff like us. Join us on the College Football Survivor Show.